Yeah, I did not feel um, nothing negative, but looking at the other people that went with me, they were kind of scared and surprised how fast they activated all the things on the ship. Like, how, how do they know this? Yeah, they're hundreds of thousands of years more advanced than us, so I, I, I'm supposed they, they, they know a lot of things, you know? Like, I, they should know a lot more things than us. Well, there's been some concern expressed that the Nordics needed us to gain access to the Arcs, but once they gained access, they're now taking over control and they're doing this. So did they need access from the normal surface humanity or? They still do need access because of us. We're involved. We're part of what they're working on and what we're working on. It's an asset. We, we found it. It's really important to humanity, these arcs. We still have control. It's not like we, we stopped having control, but the Nordics, they have control of the, the ship itself. They have control over the situation of how the arc is going to be turned on because they're scared of how we're going to do it and who's going to be in charge of it. Having the Nordics in charge is going to be neutral for everybody involved. You know, for all the other nations, you know, that remember, they move the Ark more into the Atlantic for other nations can have access to these Arcs, not just the United States or not just China or not just Russia or not just Brazil. Everybody is going to be involved. It's the whole humanity is going to be involved with these Arcs. So when they saw that one was like really in charge of everything, they were like, OK, no. This is for everybody. It's not just for one particular people. I believe personally that the Nordics, they're just scared of how things are going to be just with us in charge with the Ark. You're listening to Exopolitics Today with Dr. Michael Sala, your source for the uncensored truth regarding the human, extraterrestrial, global, and political agenda. Click the like button and subscribe to this channel. And now, here's Dr. Michael Sala. It is December 30, and I am with JP. He has a short update to share with us. So welcome, JP, to ExoPolitics Today. I hate doing Dr. Sala. I'm proud to be here to bring you this information that I got the green light on. And it's going to be interesting. It's really interesting. You know, I'm getting flashbacks of what happens and what happened. And I could tell you, I could start telling the experience. It was a, a weird experience or haven't had an experience like this in a while i had an appointment right to go visit the hospital of this particular military base so i was driving over there and i saw that i was being followed right i'm like oh man okay so i'm gonna go into the base they're not gonna go into the base because you know you show your id to go into the base and you know whoever doesn't have an id can't go behind you so I passed by the gate, I showed my ID, and then the car was behind me. They were following me like for like 20 minutes, and I see that they enter also and kept following me. I was like, oh shit, all right, they're following me. Okay, cool. So I went to the hospital, I parked, I got my book bag and all that, but I felt, I felt a sensation of doing things without being asked to do. 
like not mind control, but I had the sensation of time passing a long time and me staying in the same position for a long time. So that was quite weird when I was entering the hospital. So when I was going up the stairs, I felt like I was going up the stairs for for days. I'm like, man, when when are these stairs going to stop? Jeez, you know, like I kept going up. That was a weird sensation when you feel that time is going really slow. So I got to the place and then there was six other soldiers, right? And there was a another soldier named his name was Dan. I remember his name was Dan. And he's like, hey, do you know why we're here? I'm like, I kind of know why we're here. But I don't know if I can tell you. He's like, well, I'm here because they're going to do a study on us. I'm like, yeah, something like that. I read about something like that, that they were going to do a study on us. And then the other guy that was sitting in the corner, he's like, oh, man, this is about those crazy missions. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like. Don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about it. So everybody's hesitant to talk about their missions. Because I know there's other soldiers having different kind of missions that is not connected to the missions that I do and other soldiers do. So we were waiting. And then the nurse was like, okay, everybody, come to the back. So we got in line and we started filling out this paperwork. Basically, the paperwork was like a, a psychological evaluation. Oh, do you, do you feel good today? Uh, nah. How far was your house? Do you feel safe in your house? You know, like different types of weird questions. And then we go into this hallway and we we walk by these rooms and, and it says room one, room two, room three, room four, room five, room six. I was the sixth room. So we all sit down and we all start getting each person had a nurse and we all start getting hooked up with these different wires around our body. And I asked the nurse, Oh, like what type of test is this? And I was like, Oh, it's a type of sleep study test dream to see where your mind is at to see what's going on. So they painted it like a, like a sleep test. Right. And they have an intercom, right? that they talk to all the soldiers. Oh, yeah, when you guys are ready, let us know if you need anything. So everybody was getting hooked up and all that. And then at two o'clock in the morning, we heard a big sound, like a big horn. Like the horn was like, it was loud. So I woke up scared as shit. I'm like, what's happening right now? You know, we were all sleeping. And we woke up and we all started lining up and I felt like I was in basic training again. And some doctor, he was like really rough. He's like, everybody line up right now, line up. He felt like he was uh, more like a Marine than what is an, an army instructor. And we just clicked. We were like, yes, sir. Like we all, we all clicked all these six soldiers of us that were there and we listened to everything that he was telling us to do. He's like, line up, we're heading down. So we grabbed our stuff at two o'clock and they took it to a room where there was like a lot of seats, like a waiting room. And we sat down, there was a, another dude there in the front desk. He had dreads, he had dreads and he was like, 
okay, you sit in the corner, you failed. He started saying that to each one of us. And then he, he even told me that I failed. Okay, we're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. All of you failed. And everybody will get like weird, like what the heck is going on? So we all ended up back in the room. And then it was two o'clock in the morning again. We woke up, we heard the noise and we went back to the room. It was the same scenario. The doctor came in, everybody get in line. Boom. We got in line again. And then we started lining up. Then the doctor said again, follow me. So we followed him again. And then the guy tapped at me, Dan, he was like, Hey, we, we just did this shit. Like what the hell is going on? I'm like, I don't know. Just keep doing it. Just, just keep following me. So we were recognizing that we did it before. It was like a deja vu. So I was like, oh man, okay, we're going to go to a waiting room. Okay, we're going to sit down and we're going to see the same guy with the dreads and he's going to ask us, boom. So the second time around, one person passed the guy behind the counter with the dreads. He was like, no, 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 no. Everybody needs to effing pass. This is bullshit. All right, let's do it again. Boom. So we go like robots, not robots, but we're like not controlled, but we know what to do. Like we go back and you can still see the nurses and you can still see other people working around. And then I noticed in the corner of my eye, Nordic, Nordic looking beings like working outside. And I looked at it and they looked at me back and we did like a like a deep eye contact. And I looked at him and I remembered his face. So two o'clock again, it happened the third time. JP, when you say two o'clock again, are we talking about consecutive nights? Like this is a, the next night? Well, for me, it felt like the same day. Like everything has happened back to back. So we get on the bed, we close our eyes, we open our eyes, it's the same thing. I think it could be multiple days, but I think they were putting the time back. And because we're in the hospital, we didn't know the day or night time, everything was happening. So it was weird. It was weird. So the third time it, it happened again, two o'clock in the morning, boom, the doctor shows up, everybody get in line. And I noticed when I was walking down, Dan, he tapped me. Hey, he said the same thing. I'm like, Dan, yeah, we were, you know, we're doing the same shit again. He's like, yeah, man, this is like the, the fourth time, but I'm only remembering the third time. I'm like, my like, God, what's happening? And then we all passed. We were sitting down and, we, and then we all like passed whatever what happened. And then we, they took us to another room. They connected multiple stuff in our heads, in our legs, arms, so even you under. So you sent me a photo of all these electrodes connected to your head. Was that part of the, what happened? That was part. Yeah, that was during the value, whatever was happening. So I had, I had I had my phone with me. I wasn't supposed. I, I think I wasn't supposed to have my phone because you have to put like it's like basic training. You have to put your your phones away. I see. But yeah, I send you proof that I was all connected. You know, so I was like, oh man, okay, and I felt super tired. And then we all woke up. And it was three ish in the morning. We all lined up. And then we went down this big hallway of the hospital. And then we went down a ramp. It was like a maze. I tried to remember every part of it. And then we went through stairs that went like 
probably like five stories down. And we lined up and I was like, hey, I was only close with Dan. He, he was the only one that was talking to me. I said, Dan, um, what do you think is going on now? He's like, I don't know, but I need my freaking shoes on. We were without shoes. We didn't have no shoes on. And we had shorts. It was cold as shit. Like, we were really cold. And we were lined up. And then there was a, a podium there. And then we sat down in this big auditorium-looking place. And there was starting other, other soldiers, different branches coming in. But they were dressed. But there was other, like, with... um with PTs on and others with regular shorts like us, some with shoes, some without shoes. And there was like a holographic looking person talking in the podium. And you could see that he was holographic because you could see through him. And then he was saying that, okay, there's going to be a great mission coming up at 2024. We can't tell you the particular date, but this mass mission it's going to be involving different ET races. So he was, he was well-dressed, you know? So I was thinking, man, can this be like a theater or, or this is a real person reflecting from another place? So he kept talking about a mission that was going to go up and I was just dozing off. I, I was trying to be polite to stay awake and I was just dozing off and, and I dozed off to sleep. And I woke up and I ended up back in the room. Same time, 1.58 before two o'clock. And I was waiting. Just to be clear here, so, so you're out there listening to this kind of holographic presentation by someone, maybe a computer generated image or someone who's talking about some upcoming missions involving different ET groups. You doze off listening to, to this presentation and then you wake up and you're in the in the bed in the hospital room again yes we were at a hospital bedroom but it was like 158 so i knew that two o'clock was going to happen so two o'clock happened no noise so number five was dan so i knocked like the, the rooms are connected by bathrooms so there's a room bathroom room bathroom but each bathroom has two doors that each room can share it so everybody's connected. So I open the bathroom. I knock on Dan's room. Dan opens the room. He looks at me like with his eyes open. He's like, he's like, what the, what the hell, man? Did you experience what happened to me too? I'm like, yeah, bro. Like, did you doze off too? He's like, yeah, bro. I just felt freaking tired. I couldn't hear no more. I'm like, does the other guys know what's happening? He's like, no, no. I, I tried to knock on the other door, but they're knocked out. So it's only you and me. I'm like. And Dan, he's a, like a really big dude. He's like really strong. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to effing start asking questions here. Like, bro, calm down. You, you went through this before. Apparently, and I went through this before. So we got to just try to remember what, what we heard and how we came back here. He's like, man, I don't know what's going on, but this is bullshit. I'm like, I agree. This is bullcrap what's happening to us. So it was like 2.15-ish. The nurse opened Dan's door and she saw him talking to me. She's like, um, aren't you supposed to be sleeping? And Dan's like, yeah, yeah, I was just asking questions of, because we're all connected. We're like, we're all connected. And Dan was like, man, we'll talk tomorrow, bro. 
we'll talk tomorrow. And then we closed the door, I slept, and we woke up the next day, and I knock on Dan's room, and the room is like clean, no Dan. And everything is nice and neat, like if nobody was there. And I asked the nurse, I was like, wasn't there like five other guys there with me? She's like, no, it was only you. You, you were the only one that was doing the stuff. And I'm like, I, I look at myself and, and then I go to the bathroom to brush my teeth. And then I decided, I decided to look in the garbage can and I see, I see an extra like razor blade there and a couple more papers that I knew I did not put in. And I called the nurse here. I said, Hey, so I asked the nurse, I said, if nobody was here, why is this in the, in the garbage can? So she comes really fast and grabs the paper and grabs the the garbage. She said, oh, no, that, that was like from, from the other night. I'm like, hmm. So I go back to the counter and then I get my stuff. I sign some paper and they're like, oh, how, how was the study? Blah, blah, blah. So they actually to sign these papers and to, to see how was the studies. And, and, and I wrote down in the comments and I said, it was weird. It was strange. And the nurse from behind the counter, she started laughing. And I noticed I had two patches in the back and I have a lot of hair and it sucked trying to get out. And I started heading back to the car and I was, was driving away from the hospital. And then I remember that I forgot my, my dog tags. Like, man, I can't be without my dog tags. And I had a gold chain. So I, I'm like, I turn around, I go back, freaking go back. I say, hey, I left my dog tags. I go back to the room. I close my eyes. And I swear to you, it was the last time I was all connected again. That's when I woke up and I send you the picture. So I was confused. So I wanted to register this. Then I noticed it was 12 something or 11 something p.m. I go to the next door. I knock on the door and Dan is there and he comes out with his eyes open. He's like, this is bullshit. This is crazy. I'm getting the F out of here. I was like, OK, let's go. We'll, we'll go together. So we go out together and the nurse was like, no, you guys need to go back. The test is not done yet. I said, no, we're, we're going out. So I go out with Dan. He's like, man, I knocked on the door and you was not there. I was by myself. I was like, shit, that happened to me too. He's like, man, this is freaking insane. I'm not coming here no more. What the hell's going on? I'm like, Dan, what are you? He's like, I'm, I'm from the Air Force. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm from the Army. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, man. So he was pissed off. And he's a big dude. Like, nobody can stop Dan. He's like really built and all that. Like twice bigger than me. And I'm like, Dan, calm down. I know you're pissed off. And then he comes to his book bag. He comes and puts dip in his mouth. And he's like, F this. I'm getting the F out of here. I said, okay, I'm going to follow you. But then I follow him back. And he left in his car. He had a red um, Toyota. Remember that? And he left. And I never got his number. I'm like, shit, man. Dan. I remember his name, Dan. And he left. He was just pissed off. And I left, too. So that experience was really, really weird. They called a couple times saying to go back because I left my dog tags. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to leave the dog tags over there. <laughs>
So I'll pick it up another day. So not too long ago, I just picked them up and it was normal. They had it in the bag and I picked up the dog tags, but a total of five times um, it happened. The same scenario. Like if it was trying to probably make us insane. I don't know. Like it was, it was, it was weird. It was crazy. And you said so, that there was a Nordic being involved in the experiments that was observing you guys? There was. There was a Nordic. I remember doing eye contact with this Nordic beings like three times. I'm um, going through the same situation and all that. And you never got any clarity, any information about what the tests were for? I remember going into that auditorium hearing about the next mission that we're going to have in 2024. But I saw a lot of different people there, a mixture of civilians, a mixture of military people sitting down, hearing this holographic person talking about these missions. He was well-dressed. The holograph, it looked so real, the holographic image. He was behind the podium. So I don't know if the lights were shining from the sides. There was two lights shining from the sides and you could see a light shining from the top. So it was doing like a triangular shape, but in the middle you can see the you can see the hologram looking person. I remember that. I remember that happened once. But yeah, I remember this guy Dan being really pissed off and me going away with him to the parking lot to leave the hospital. Because he it was weird. Only him and I remembered the whole situation. The other um four soldiers, um, I never really talked to them. Or not that because I was six and Dan was five. It, yeah, it was a weird experience, Doc. I haven't experienced that since. And, and had no senior officer or anyone saying anything to you about these tests. I mean, how how did you end up going to that hospital? Why, why did you go to that hospital where the test? Because was- I had a I had it scheduled to go there, and you have to go to these appointments, you know. You can't just dismiss these appointments. You so can't. when you say it was scheduled, I mean, are, are these kind of like written orders you receive? Or? No, they're not written orders. They're like as appointments for something else that's happening with me that I think you know. Okay, let's see. So you have to go through these appointments for them to evaluate you. Okay, so some kind of psychological evaluation. Mm-hmm. So. I got in the car heading back to where I live and that same vehicle um, I'm parked and went behind me and followed me 20 minutes. And I, and I looked at it and it, I, every time I slowed down, it slowed down. So just making sure where I was going, making sure I was going back home, I guess, and making sure I was going to the appointments. So I, I, I was kind of confused if it, it was the white hats or the black hats. So this more felt like more like a, a negative experience than than a positive experience for me because of all the confusion and all the weird things that was happening without you knowing. So when you don't know what's happening around, you feel uneasy and you feel being used, you know. So. Yeah, you should have seen the eyes on, on this big dude when he was pissed off, Dan. He was pissed off and 
I think he has been through a lot of shit too. I think a lot of people soon they're gonna be coming out, especially 2024 about their experiences in the in the realm that I'm in. But there's there's good experiences, Doc, and there's bad experiences. It's just the people that are, I guess, well, in charge know, of these experiences. Well, we know from the past that there's there's been a negative faction that doesn't like what you're doing. So, and you felt that this was a negative experience. So, you know, that raises the question, is this kind of like a setup to try and have you leave the military or being forced to leave the military? What do you yeah. Mean? I think if a, probably like a regular person go, go through this, I think they will become insane. They will become questioning they will question their life, you know, like what's your purpose, what is what's happening, this and that. And I remember the Nordic looking straight at me with his eyes and I, we locked, but I did not hear no, no language coming from him. Um, did you get any vibe? Did you feel he was a friendly? Uh, was it neutral? It was neutral. Mutual. I saw him like working there, you know, that he had a different uniform, a uniform that is familiar to what I saw on the donut shape ship in the Atlantic. So the doctor, he was an officer that was telling us to line up. The nurse had a weird different uniform. It's, it, it looked like a similar to like a Star Trek looking uniform, but it was, um, a different type of uniform. But the last time we saw the nurse, she had the regular nurse uniform. So it was a lot of weird things that that happened that was kind of confusing to me. Okay, and as, as you said, that was probably intentional, that they were trying to do something to stress you guys, to put you under some kind of mental pressure it was part of a test, and I know you you said to to make you insane that others would feel insane. So yeah, this. Oh is- yeah, oh yeah. I think if 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 other people went through this, and I'm sure, oh my God, I'm sure there's a lot of people that go through this type of situations. But I, I don't I don't really think it's connected to as much as to the military. I think it's connected to other other people. I see. So you, you've done a lot of missions. We've reported on those missions. Typically, these are missions that have a purpose, and uh, we've been able to talk about it. And you feel that these are you're working with white hats. But in this incident, you feel that this was something arranged by a negative faction, black hats, to put you under some kind of mental psychological strain. Probably to grab um, information of certain missions because even though I go through these missions there there is a mixture of white hats and black hats involved you know but what it's like politics right democrats and republicans it, it, it's 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 insane um and then there's the push of higher rank and lower rank and lower enlisted and higher rank and you have to comply you know if you don't comply to these higher rank people, you you're screwed. So you just have to mechanically 
do whatever they tell you to do. Not unless one or two starts questioning like how Dan was doing. It was it was it was funny the way he was acting. And quite surprising how he how he just got up and left. And I just followed him and I said, This is bullshit, you know, let's go. <laughs> because we felt the same thing, you know? It's not like it was different. We we knew that something fishy was going on. So yeah, that the car stopped following me and then we drove I drove I actually drove to another base because from there we had to kept we had to keep working. So I didn't go home. I kept going to another base for me to keep working. So I was sleepy, 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 tired and all that and they noticed that. So because of New Year's and the holidays, it's like a half days, you know, and three quarters of the day we're working and trying to get stuff done. So one of the person in charge saw me that I was sleepy and they knew I was in a, this type of, they knew where I was. So they sent me home saying, oh yeah, you can go. We got you covered. So I left. I went home. Okay. After I went to the base, so it was quite, it was quite an experience, you know. It wasn't a mission or all that, but it it was an experience that I think other people go through, and it's rough. Okay, well, I, I want to ask you some questions about two of the previous missions because there's been s some controversy over whether or not the Nordics involved in those missions are positive or not. So I just wanted to. Go back to the the mission, or or the experience you had with, uh, I think it was Yasif, where you got out of a car, and you went into the bush, and Yasif gave you a blue liquid, and I just wanted you to clarify whether you feel overall that was a a positive experience, whether Yasif was in some way compelling you mentally. Yeah, what what are your general impressions of that? What you experienced with Yasif in that earlier update you gave me? I felt I felt safe. I felt that he was trying to help me in a way. Yeah, I, I don't think I felt that negative vibe coming from Yasif. The ship, it looked familiar to me. You know, it looked like that ship I took a picture of the porthole okay. so i felt kind of i felt i felt peace i was a little bit hesitant of the liquid a little bit but he knew i was hesitant and he said no it's safe to drink this is to help you so i i drank the liquid yeah i think i felt more peace than a negative feeling with joseph joseph did you feel any kind of compulsion during the whole experience? Because, you know, you, you left your car on the side of the road. Was it, you know, when you parked it, you know, were you like under some kind of mental compulsion to stop your car, get out and go to the craft? Or did you just see the craft, you know, stop the car, park it? It wasn't like a robotic feeling, but I knew I was being fished. When I say being fished, you know, when you put a worm on a hook and you throw it into the water you know you're going to catch a fish right 
So when I see a ship <laughs> landing right beside me, that's my worm. I'm going to get out from that car and I'm going to check it out. So I think I was fished. Yeah. But not controlled. I see. Okay. So it was free will all the way. Yeah. It was free will. But yes, I was fished. I was lowered to to go to the ship, like to to check it out because they knew that I like to to check things out, I guess. That's what happened in Brazil. I was fished. I saw the light and they kind of knew this guy is going to come out and he's going to check us out. You know, and I went and touched the ship and the rest is history. So I think they know who who they can fish and what type of fish they're going to catch. So they're really careful of what lore to use to bring you to the experience of interacting with ETs with them, you know? So that, yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience, but yeah, I, I did not feel no fear. I did not feel sad. I did not feel what I felt in the hospital, you know, like that negative, not remembering type of feeling they're using me, you know, it was a more pleasant experience with Yosif. I see. And with the space up, the sixth mission where you went down there and there were a bunch of Nordics that had taken over control of the space up. Again, you know, there's some concern over whether these Nordics are positive or not. So you know, what was your feeling interacting with those Nordics down there? Well, when I was in the ship, there was more things activated there. So I had a sense of that beautiful feeling that everything was working out. And you look at their faces and they're smiling. Other ones are really serious because they're working. But yeah, I did not feel um, nothing negative. But looking at the other people that went with me, they were kind of scared and surprised how fast they activated all the things on the ship. Like, how, how do they know this? Wow. Yeah, they're hundreds of thousands of years more advanced than us. So I, I, I'm supposed they, they, they know a lot of things, you know, like I, they should know a lot more things than us. Well, there's been some concern expressed that the Nordics needed us to gain access to the arcs. But once they gained access, they're now taking over control and they're doing this. So did they need access from humans from the normal surface humanity or were they, 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 they still do need access because of us. We're involved. We're part of what they're working on and what we're working on. It's an asset. We, we found it. It's really important to humanity, these arcs. So we, we still have control. It's not like we, we stopped having control in a way, but the Nordics, they have control of the, the ship itself, like as in, man, how can I put this in English? Okay, um, ellos tienen control sobre la situación. They, they have control over the situation of how the art is going to be turned on because they're, they're like, they're like scared of how we're going to do it. 
and who's going to be in charge of it. So having the Nordics in charge is going to be neutral for everybody involved. You know, for all the other nations and all that. Remember, they moved the Ark more into the Atlantic for other nations can have access to these Arks, not just the United States or not just China or not just Russia or not just Brazil. Everybody is going to be involved. It's the whole humanity is going to be involved with these Arks. So when they saw that one was like really in charge of everything they were like okay no this is this is for everybody it's not just for one particular people you know so i believe personally that the nordics they're just scared of how things are going to be just with us in charge with the ark because as you're talking about americans that the united states if it's in control of the ark the nordics perceive that there might be some misuse or that could lead to tension with other nations that feel left out well, not 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 just americans because there's other people involved investigating these arcs it's like a more world it's like certain religions you got the inner earth people also involved and it's a present for us as much as it is for the nordics so the nordics want to be involved as well but because the nordics are super more advanced than us they have more access on the ships on the arcs so they're as interested as we are interested but they just have more technology to activate more stuff on the ship so it's like okay giving a giving a cell phone you go to the amazon right and you give a cell phone to an indian guy right and he doesn't know what to do with it but you give it to somebody that is in advance living in new york and come down to the amazon right and they look at the cell phone and they know how to work with it the indian guy is going to look at that guy like man he's taking control of it but he's showing me videos he's showing me stuff with it so cool let him just keep doing it let him just keep using the the, the phone and and we can just be with him while he's using the phone and learn on the way you know that's a literal analogy you know similar to what's happening now you know, Nordics are really more advanced than us. And they're involved in a lot of different projects, not this one. Outer in our solar system and also in our oceans and also around Earth. So we know that we are primitive compared to the Nordics. So we're letting them, you know. And if the Nordics wants to eliminate us in a certain way, they could. They have the technology, but they don't. They're really really not robotic but really like neat in how they do things and they're really fair in how do they do things it's not like you know how can i put this are you understanding what i'm trying to say yeah about the cell phone analogy i understand yeah i think the comparison is good that uh, the nordics have a a superior understanding of the operation of the arcs and and by them taking control but they're still working with the Earth Alliance and they're showing the Earth Alliance scientists and per military personnel how to better use the art, but doing it in a way where it's not just one country in control, but it's more of an international effort. Yeah. And let me tell you something. A lot of people will feel uncomfortable because of that. Because I bet you, like, back to the analogy of the Indian Amazon, like if 
they see that they're not sharing information, they're going to be a little bit scared. And they're holding back information that they think we're not ready for. You know, they're going to be quite scared, you know. But the the ark, it has so much knowledge of the, the earth history that it can affect um, religion. It can affect a lot of things on earth. So they're really they're really hesitant to give out information on certain subjects that the art carry, you know, certain hi historical uh, memory that the art carries that that would change a lot on earth, certain stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Overall, then, you're not concerned by the Nordics taking over the arcs, that you don't feel that this is something bad, that this is actually maybe a temporary measure to kind of it, it is it's benefiting it is beneficial for everybody i see for them to to have control now because they're they're unlocking certain stuff that we would have never unlocked so we're we're right now the indians just being with them and making sure they they share what they they learn and making sure that they're to call it they're, they're um transparent that's what everybody's seeing they're, they're yeah they're in their actions with what they're learning with the art. They're being transparent. So they're not completely fully in charge. They still want us to be part of the story, you know? So yeah, that's what's happening. Okay, well, it's uh, Saturday, December 30. Uh, it's one day before New Year's Eve. By the time this goes out, it'll be uh, 2024. So anything you wanna say to people, you know, about 2024, what's coming, the space arcs, what do you think is going to happen? I believe 2024 is going to be a big, big deal with the UFO community and disclosure. A lot of people, a lot more people are going to be coming out. A lot of whistleblowers are going to be coming out, talking about their experience. And there's going to be doctors. There's going to be pilots. There's going to be scientists. Even though that's happening now, you know, it's a lot of people are coming out now, but it's going to be more people coming out with more detail. With uh, more evidence, it's going to be insane. But we do, we do, I repeat, we do have to be careful because technology is evolving. And we have a lot of um, fake stuff going around. And there's a lot of people that are really negative. There's going to be a lot of people that are negative and they want to stop all this to come out. And they're trying their major best to, to have this information not to come out because we're not so-called ready. But I believe with all this that happened in 2024, I think there's a lot of people being more open and more acceptive of everything that's going to come out in 2024. It's going to be exciting. I think 2024 is going to be exciting. The These things that's happening with the ARCs, I think they're going to try to block as much of it until until these ships, even though they, they're getting closer from Jupiter the ones in the asteroid belt by series. There's going to be more information coming out on on the moon Phobos that people are going to be really excited in 2024 about uh, about that so-called monolith that is on Phobos. Um, there's going to be a lot of information coming out 2024 that is going to shock a lot of people even more about interdimensional travel and what is vibration and frequency and how we can use the simple technology to to um levitate things and it's going to be 
uh, a game changer on the things that we're going to find on the arcs and on space and different parts of our solar system. It's going to be interesting. Sounds awesome. So any final words for our Spanish and Portuguese friends? Yeah, para todo que está no Brasil. Brasil, Brasil, Brasil. Feliz ano novo. Uh, que Deus prospere todo brasileiro no Brasil. 2024 vai ser, vai ser um ano de disclosure para o Brasil e para o mundo inteiro. For everybody that is um, in the Spanish now. Todo que estão falando em espanhol, todo que falam espanhol, Espanha, Puerto Rico, México, todo Sul América. Estou agradecido que estão escutando Dr. Michael E. Sala, Exopolitics. E esta informação que está saliendo é bem importante porque 2024 vai ser um ano de prosperidade e revelação, ok? In the UFO e UAP ET Disclosure. Para todos os brasileiros, eu fiz um canal no Instagram, jp.missions. Para todos que estão falando espanhol, um, eu fiz uma conta em Instagram. Se me podem seguir aí, eu estou tirando muita informação um, de nosso interview. É jp.missions. E para everybody that is listening, I open up a Instagram account. It's called jp.missions. And I have the link there for ExoPolitics. You guys can see the, the stories, the links for the books that Dr. Michael E. Solid wrote. Beautiful books, amazing about my experiences. And it's amazing, guys. 2024 is going to be amazing. There's going to be a lot of revelations. Been the JSIC coming up. So it's going to be really exciting uh, with everything that's happening. God bless everybody. Well, thank you, JP, and I wish you and your family all the best for the new year. And I look forward to a big year of disclosures and hopefully more mission reports. Roger that, Doc. I'm happy to be here. Peace. You have been listening to ExoPolitics Today with Dr. Michael Sala. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to this channel. Join or start a conversation in the comments. Take the time to explore the vast library of best-selling books, webinars, and podcasts by Dr. Sala. Visit exopoliticstoday.com.